It's a real privilege to be here speaking with you guys this evening. It's not often I get to the evening service, so thank you for having me. All right, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and, and he will direct your paths. It's my favorite proverb and I'm going to share with you why. So 10 years ago, I was in the middle of the Kalahari Desert in Botswana, Africa. I was leading a group of school students on a three-week expedition and for the project part of the trip, we were tasked to build a garden in the desert. I can already hear my husband laughing from home. He really did laugh uh, at the time because uh, he struggles, and he knows I struggle to keep a plant alive in a pot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in the desert was very interesting. But it was there in the middle of the Kalahari that God and I had a really serious chat about my life. I surveyed my arid surroundings and realized that my soul was dry. I wasn't thriving, just like the desert that surrounded me. I'd left the UK really confused, really fed up with loads of life stuff. But as I dug about in the sand, making this garden, I felt the Lord gently speak to me. And he says in Isaiah 43, for I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness and I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. All right, Lord, I trust, I trust you. I trust this season of drought won't last forever. Direct my steps. What is next? And throughout that week, preparing the garden spot, digging the trenches in the sand, this bizarre but resolute feeling grew inside me that when I returned to the UK, I should buy a house in Liverpool and that it would be a refuge for others. Now, in reality, I had absolutely no idea how I would go about this and no stirring about the whole refuge thing. It was a mystery. So here's my prop. But I bought this zebra key ring from a roadside seller and I thought, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to put my key on it when I get my house. Three months later, I bought a little terrace house near Penny Lane. Yay. <laughs> Getting a mortgage was a miracle, but I knew that God was in it and it became my labor of love. I added the key to my little zebra key ring. And little did I know then that owning a house would just be a key part of a much greater plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Let me just pause for a moment to examine this concept of trust. Trust has been defined as having total confidence in someone or something. It's been interpreted as a noun, a verb, a personality trait, a belief, a social structure, a behavioral intention. We trust because we are hardwired to seek connection with others. Neuroscientists and theologians both agree we were created for a relationship. Our heart, mind, body, and soul crave this interpersonal connection. And trust is an integral part to building that. A team of academics assessed 65 academic studies across a number of disciplines, including politics, psychology, sociology, management, economics. And across all of the studies, they identified four reoccurring components of trust. And they are benevolence, integrity, competence, and predictability. So benevolence essentially means, oh, this, is this person a kind person? Are they a good person? 
Integrity means are they honest? Do they have a value system? Do they have wisdom? Competence means does this person have the ability to do what needs to be done? Do they have the right skill set for the task? And finally, predictability means does this person behave in a way that is consistent? Are they reliable? Now, if we're going to accept these components as a benchmark for what trust is, then trust isn't something that is so easy to achieve. But saying that, we put our trust in loads of things, don't we? We put our trust in technology, in gadgets, mechanics, engineering, information, news reports, social media, fashion trends, and people, government, doctors, lawyers, teachers, faith leaders, friends, neighbors, family. So let me ask you, what do you put your trust in? And who do you put your trust in? I wonder if we can pause just briefly and do a little self-assessment. Are we ourselves worthy of trust? How often are our words and our actions altruistic? Do we speak and act from a place of love and kindness? Do we speak and act with integrity and wisdom? And that means speaking without agenda. Are the ways we speak and act, are they appropriate for the situation that we're in? Are they effective for the people who are receiving them? And are we consistent in our communication, in the way we, we act towards others, in our attitudes? Throughout my life, my mum being the wonderful realist that she is, has often remarked that everyone is a complete disappointment. <laughs> I'm so glad that the Bible takes a gentler approach and it says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. That means no one's perfect. We're not always going to be entirely trustworthy. Everyone has struggles. Everyone has limited capacities. So we do often fall short of other people's expectations. So here my little side note would read, manage expectations. Have more grace with yourself. Have more grace with others. Now our verse in Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So in the same way that we've just assessed ourselves, let's just check out God's character. Is God benevolent? The Bible says God is love. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us so much he gave his only son as a sacrifice for our sins so we could have relationship with him. Does God have integrity? He's the source of all wisdom. He knows all things. He knows everything about us, what we, who we are, what we're doing, what we want to say. His knowledge and his wisdom is too great for us to understand. Is God competent? God is the creator of everything that exists. He counts the stars and calls them each by name. He is everlasting. He never grows weak or weary. His kingdom is power. Nothing is too hard for him. Excuse me. Because he loves us, he fights for us. He sends his angels commanding it to concern. <laughs> he commands his angels concerning us. Put my teeth back in. He hides us in the shadow of his wing. He guards us against the evil one. He gives us a spirit of power. He clothes us with strength. He gives us all we need. And with him, all things are possible. Is God consistent? Yeah, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same. He does not change. And his love 
It's everlasting. It's eternal. It's unfailing. The Bible says his love stretches from one eternity to the other. He never leaves us or abandons us. He won't forsake us or forget about us. He is faithful. And he is with us to the very end of the age. I'm so thankful that God is worthy of our trust. Now, my little house had become a blessing for me, and I was busy making it a home. Five months later, in April 2014, I was invited to Greece on a little mission trip by my friends Mark and Trish Morgan. They had a ministry with a local Greek community in Halkida Evia, just north of Athens. And knowing they had such a passion for the Lord, I knew it would do my soul good to be in their company, so I said yes, not knowing it was going to change my life forever. One day during this trip, Trish told me that a group of Syrians uh, that they knew wanted to meet the church group from England, a.k.a. me. I was the only one that went, so it was just me. And I dutifully went along to this little ice cream shop, and I realized it was a total setup. In walked this handsome fella and introduced himself, Karam. Now, I would not believe you if you had said to me that nine years later we'd be married with two children. It's unbelievable. But we are, yes. <laughs> but here's my caveat. Our story is our own. It's not replicable. It shouldn't be comparable. Everyone has their own journey. You all have your own story. I'm just going to share a little bit of ours in the hope that it, you feel inspired to trust God a little bit more with who you are and what you have. Now, despite the joys of that first meeting over ice cream, <laughs> um, I laugh, but at the time it was really hard. Karam was in the midst of an awful season of sorrow. He'd fled his home country seeking safety. He'd arrived in Greece only to be robbed of everything that he had. And it, it was that point that we met. Throughout our initial interactions, the unspoken pain of everything, the burden he was carrying was so great. All I felt able to do was pray for him and be a person of peace in the midst of his chaos. And after I left Greece that April, Karam remained on my heart. I couldn't settle back into life as I knew it. My whole world had turned upside down and I wasn't quite sure why. We kept in touch through social media and I continued to pray. Karam queued for his refugee status in Athens and that meant getting up at dawn every single day to queue. So I would get up every single day, really early, to pray for him, to pray that he'd be picked out of the queue, to pray that he'd be chosen out of the thousands of people that were queuing every single day. I stood by him in prayer and I sent him daily encouragement because that was all I could do. Um, and it did feel ridiculous most of the time. How could I ever understand what he was going through? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So uh, in August, I flew back out to Greece to hang out with Trish and see Karam. Uh, our friendship had flourished over the past few months and Karam's English was amazing and my Arabic was terrible. It still is terrible. I'm so sorry, Habibi. Um, but my daily prayers for Karam and his situation were enriching my life 
as well as his. And day after day, the Lord brought us comfort from his word and reassurance that if Karam trusted him, he'd direct his steps. And my soul's desert was transforming into a rushing river. Fast forward to Christmas Day 2014, Karam proposed. I had no idea, none. I had no clue. Um, but I also had no doubts. I was all in. God wasn't joking when he said he was doing a new thing. And I'm really, really thankful that I trusted him because my life is so much richer for it. But here I was again, stuck at an impasse. I was UK-based and Karam wasn't able to get here. We had no idea how to figure out uh, the logistics of a marriage when we were 2,000 miles apart and so many barriers in the way. God, what do we do? Trust in the Lord your God with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So 2015 was the beginning of the visa season. It is not the time to rage about our immigration system sorely tempting as it is. But one thing that struck me was that applying for a visa would have been absolutely impossible for me were it not for the fact that I owned my little house near Penny Lane. But God knew. And I am so thankful that he directed my path back there in the African wilderness way before Karam and I had even met. To cut a very long and emotionally draining story short, our visa was rejected in November 2015 because despite our mountain of evidence, UK immigration, they weren't convinced that we were genuine. And still now it, re it really hurts. I've got no idea why they rejected it, why we were subjected to moments of separation, heartache and waiting. We appealed but they never tell you how long that's gonna take. I used to pray that our appeal would land on the desk of a person of peace and they would hear from the Lord and they'd process it really quickly. I wish I could say that happened. It really didn't. We waited in hope and then we waited in angst and we cried out to the Lord. Under the, the pressure of the waiting, we thought about me moving to Greece, but me moving there would mean selling the house, giving up my permanent job, and both of us would have to learn the third language. And it also meant the possibility of not returning to the UK together as a family. But even so, we began to prepare for a wedding in Greece. The Scottish evangelist Oswald Chambers writes, it is much easier to do something than to trust in God. We mistake panic for inspiration. It is much easier to do something than just to trust in God. And we did panic. We really did. After almost a year of waiting, we thought God and the Home Office had maybe forgotten about us, that maybe we should just go ahead and sort it out ourselves. I flew out to Greece with all my legal documents. We hired a lawyer. We queued in Athens. We got the paperwork translated into Greek and stamped and approved. We spent months trying to find an alternative solution to alleviate this slow and numbing wait for a visa. But all the avenues that we tried to go down were fruitless and it left us a little bit more despairing, a little bit like digging that garden in the hot African sand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
when we journey through the hard seasons in life, God doesn't always remove or shield us from them. He asks us to trust him as we go through them. Even if what you're experiencing doesn't make any sense. Even if you tried every avenue, or you've prayed every prayer that you know, or you've shed an ocean of tears. At that time, I remember reading this verse from Habakkuk, and it really sums up how that season of waiting went for us. It says this, though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vines, the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. It really was a Habakkuk season, a season of frustration and of waiting. And in my journal, as I was prepping for this, I was looking through all of this stuff and I found a version of Habakkuk that we had written ourselves. And I want to share it with you. Though the queues are endless and the flights are long, though there are no straightforward applications and translations are hard, though the passport takes forever and the visas are expensive, though bureaucracy separates us and questions abound, still we choose to trust in the Lord. We will have peace in our hearts because his joy is our strength and his love is our song. And step by step his plans unfold and will reveal in us his precious gold. Something that's always intrigued me is the type of season that prompts us to put our trust in the Lord. Are you or have you ever been a fair weather follower? I'll trust as long as things are going okay. Thank you God for my parking space. Life is good. And when it's not so good, things fall apart pretty quickly. And God's either on the blame list or is just forgotten. Or what about a storm chaser follower? God, I haven't prayed in a while. Things have been fine. But now I'm in trouble. Now it's going to the wall and I don't know what to do. I need you. Please help me. In reality... Being the fair weather or the storm chaser follow, follower is often the easy route, just to be one or the other. But we need to be both. The proverb says, in all of your ways, in the good and the bad. Acknowledging God in all your ways is an act of obedience. So trust him in the good and the bad, in the calm and in the chaos, in the noise and the quiet. Regardless of the path you're on at the moment and the circumstances that you're facing, will you choose to trust? Now, when I look at Jesus in the Bible, Jesus trusted God the Father in all the times of the blessings, in the exciting, thrilling moments, the joy of the miracles, feeding the 5,000, turning water into wine, healing the lame, healing the blind. But he also trusted him in the battles, in the hunger of the wilderness, in the loneliness of Gethsemane, and in the horror of the cross. Trusting is not so easy when you're battle weary. There's a lot of doubt when you feel like you're not getting an answer. In Gethsemane, we read that Jesus wanted to avoid the cross. He prayed in the garden. He said to his father, take this cup from me. It was a responsibility he didn't want, but he knew it was necessary. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And on the cross, when the agony was overwhelming, Jesus asked his father, 
Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? But still then, Jesus trusted his father in the darkest hour because he knew his love, his wisdom, his power, even for that briefest moment when he didn't feel his presence. Our journeys through life can take us on a path we don't always like and we don't understand. Sometimes we don't get to find out why this side of eternity. But trust enables us to take that next step, knowing that God has us in his hands, that he loves us, that he knows us completely. He fights for us and he's always with us. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. After more than seven months of bureaucratic silence, we were notified that our UK visa appeal had been granted and Karam could travel. Though the emotions that we felt was immense and the shock and the relief was overwhelming after such a long time. And Karam and I flew to the UK together for the first time on the 3rd of June, 2016. The Bible says, though the vision tarries, it takes a long time, wait for it for it will surely come. Though the vision tarries, wait for it, for it will surely come. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. We had doubted that we could trust God. We doubted his goodness at times. We had doubted his power, and we had doubted that he was with us. In his book, Ruthless Trust, author Brennan Manning says, you can't will yourself to trust. You can't make yourself trust someone. But what does lie in your power is paying attention to the faithfulness of Jesus. Karen was granted UK citizenship last October the 16th, 2022. There we are. Yes. We are still totally battle-weary, but we are thankful to Jesus every day for his faithfulness. He didn't leave us at all, even in the doubting and even in the, the joys of the moments when we were together. He was with us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus offers us the best advice about trust. He tells a story about two men who built their homes on different foundations. One builds his house on the sand, the storms come and they batter the house. The house can't withstand the storm and the house collapses into the sand. And the other guy builds his house on the rock and his house, um, the storms come and they batter the house and his house stands firm and it doesn't fall. Now Jesus says, if we trust in him, we're like the guy who builds his house on the rock. Trust is building your house on the rock and not on the sand. It's easy, it's quick to build on sand. I know, I built a garden. It's easy to manipulate the materials even I can do it. But now imagine digging foundations in rock. It takes way more effort, way more time, energy, and resources, but it will stand firm when the storms come because its foundations are solid. And to use our story as an example here, Karam could have easily smuggled himself out of Greece, could have gone through the Baltic countries and tried his luck crossing the channel, but we wanted to do things in the right way for us. It took all of our strength, all of our finances, all of our perseverance, and an unbelievable amount of waiting. It's still really hard to think about that season. 
But God knew that that season would build in us a strong and healthy foundation. And we cherish every moment we've got together. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So let me ask you, where are you placing your trust? Is it in things, in people, in God? If you struggle to trust, that's all right. God knows. He knows where you're at with it, and that's okay. I've said many times to the Lord, like, I'm really struggling to trust right now. But maybe you can also say, Lord, just reveal your love to me again, please. Remind me of your faithfulness, and trust will grow. And if you are experiencing a battle in any area of your life right now, whatever that might be, God knows. Keep going back to him. Place it in his hands. Remember that he loves you, that he knows you. He knows what your limits are. He knows your capacity. He fights for you. He sends his angels concerning you. And he will always, always be with you.